0: will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Force has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I think it's time to open the books on the question of government investigations of UFOs. Uh, We ought to do it, really, because it's right. We ought to do it because the American people, quite frankly, can handle the truth. And we ought to do it because it's the law. Be skeptical. Do be as skeptical as you want, but by all, don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world and a warm welcome to another edition of the Veritas Show, where you listen because you don't want to believe, you listen because you want to know. I'm your host, Mal Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for tuning in once again. A big welcome to our first-time listeners. I'm curious, new listener, how did you find us? Did you bump into our website or did a friend refer you? I'm really curious. Would you send me an email and let me know? Very simple. Send it to mail, that's M-E-L, at veritashow.com. And by the way, thank you for all your emails. I really appreciate your comments and questions. The Veritas video contest is still going on until March 31st, at which point I will install a polling system so you can vote. Anyone out there, you still have time to submit your video. Just visit our homepage, veritasshow.com, and click on Video for instructions. The Facebook page keeps growing, and it's a great way for me to keep in touch with you. Thank you to those of you who joined me last Friday for another chat. Sorry, Sergeant Stone could not attend. I am told he's not a fast typist. And since I have received so many emails letting me know, it's very difficult for other listeners around the world to join us on the chats. They have requested a forum instead. That way, no one will feel excluded. Well, as promised, your wish has been granted. The Veritas Forum is now up and running, and this is the formal announcement and invitation for all the truth seekers around the world to join the many topics and discussions taking place. Thank you to our two new volunteer moderators. Remember, this is not only a show, it's a movement, and we keep adding new features to our website. Tonight's special guest is Jim Sparks, abductee and author of The Keepers, An Alien Message for the Human Race. Next week's special guest on Friday, March the 6th, is Grant Cameron, UFOs and Presidents. Here's a summary in Grant's own words. You will be led on a journey that will show you the entire known history of how the most powerful man in the world has dealt with the most highly classified secret of the last century. In short, this is the story of how the President and the White House have dealt with the mystery of UFOs. You don't want to miss it. And the week after, Grant Cameron... On another Friday the 13th, March the 13th, our special guest will be Richard Dolan, author of UFOs and the National Security State, Chronology of a Cover-Up. And here's some proof the Veritas show is truly going around the world.
1: Veritas. La verdad. Pero queremos saber la verdad o nos gusta inventarla. Queremos saber para aprovechar o simplemente queremos soñar.
0: A few days ago, we were contacted by a popular show from Spain with the name of Años Luz, which means light years. It is another eclectic show with similar subjects to ours, and they were kind enough to interview me during one of their segments. Greetings and thanks to Marisol and José Antonio Roldán for your gracious invitation. For those of you who may want to listen to the full segment, I have placed it at the end of the show. It's in Spanish, and I hope you enjoy it. And now, breaking news and some headlines. First, the headlines. Ancient city found irradiated from atomic blast. UFOs and aliens in space. Obama release of UFO files will prepare humanity for 2012 solar waves. The Veritas show is now available on iTunes. The Veritas show is making contact with David Icke for an interview. Galaxy may be full of Earth's alien life. Italy's Air Force head says UFOs possibly ET craft and how to protect yourself from an alien encounter. For more on each headline head to our blog. And now to some breaking news exclusive of the Veritas show. A few the first to interview Dr. Sala to discuss these additional facts that further corroborate what transpired 55 years ago. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with this surprise and exclusive interview with Dr. Michael Sala. Jim Sparks' interview will follow. If you're a Coast to Coast AM listener, you will hear the highlights of what Dr. Sala would have shared with you if the power outage had not mysteriously happened just seconds before his interview. You don't want to miss what Dr. Sala has to say. Don't go anywhere. As most Veritas fans know, we here at Veritas are nightly listeners to Coast to Coast AM. And like many listeners, we're disappointed by the power outage which caused the rescheduling of Veritas veteran Dr. Michael Sala. Dr. Sala, who reminds everyone of the Margaret Mead quote, Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has wanted to remind the Disclosure Movement about a number of items of contemporary interest, such as the 55th anniversary of the Eisenhower ET meeting. So we have invited Dr. Sala to join us for a brief appearance to hit the highlights before we get to the interview with abductee Jim Sparks. We at Veritas will not let the powers that be, nor the power grid, stop the truth or hamper Disclosure. And briefly, We at Veritas are loyal fans of Coast to Coast AM, which remains the only nightly source of disclosure, debate, and live discourse, and which is available to the general AM radio world as well as through internet stream. Veritas champions all venues of truth, knowledge, and disclosure. And for this Veritas Show exclusive interview with breaking news, directly from the International UFO Congress in Laughlin, Nevada, Dr. Michael Sala. Dr. Sala, how are you, and welcome back to the show.
1: Aloha, Mel. I'm glad to be back on the show and uh, really look forward to being able to share a little bit about uh, some of the recent events and uh, what's happened here at Laughlin and the uh, Coast to Coast interview that didn't go forward.
0: Fantastic. And yes, uh, I want to know all about it. First of all, what happened? I heard from George Knapp that the lights went out 30 seconds before the interview started. Do you want to take over from here?
1: Um, well, uh, all I know is that I was contacted by one of the producers from Coast to Coast uh, just before the interview was scheduled to begin, and she said that uh, um, George Knapp was experiencing intermittent um, power problems, and because there was no reliable connection, that they would have to reschedule the, the interview, and so that was uh, the, the first I heard, and uh, and then later on, I found out a little bit more that uh, the area that George Knapp lived in uh, lost lost power around the, the time just before the interview was to begin. So that was a very interesting coincidence. Um, I, I certainly um, can't say for certain that uh, this this had uh, some ulterior motive behind it uh, concerning uh, what was to be revealed on the um, interview. But uh, certainly, I think it uh, it is fair to say that uh, there was a very important um, event that uh, I was going to be discussing during the interview with George Knapp that millions of people would have heard of. And because of the anniversary of this event, uh, this uh, had the potential to, to really get a lot of people's attention. Well,
0: we now have the privilege of, to be speaking with you, and hopefully you'll share some of the highlights that the Coast to Coast uh, audience, which, by the way, our audience also listens to Coast to Coast, so we hope that they listen to what you have to say. We're very excited to know what you were going to say that night.
1: Well, uh, the, the most important was that, uh, in, in fact, the, the date of the interview, which was February 22nd. uh, Pretty much coincided with the 55th anniversary of President Eisenhower's alleged meeting with extraterrestrials at Edwards Air Force Base on the uh, evening and morning of February 20, 21st of 1954. Uh, the allegations that he had uh, a secret meeting at Edwards have been uh, circulating for, for many, many years. In fact, uh, they began in in April of 1954 uh, with a, with a letter by a reverend in the area of uh, Los Angeles who who claimed that he he uh, was privy to that uh, earlier meeting. Uh, and there have been various whistleblowers that over the years have come forward to say that uh, yes, that they saw documents or that they knew of. Uh, The the meeting and that they had uh, certainly had first-hand access to some of the documents or the events themselves um, concerning Eisenhower having that meeting. Uh, What I discussed. During my presentation was the fact that uh, since the over the last five years since I first began to write about the Eisenhower E.T. meeting, there has been more important evidence that has come forward, evidence that, to my mind, conclusively proves that President Eisenhower did go to Edwards Air Force Base for some reason. Um, and, and, of course, it did certainly helped substantiate what the whistleblowers uh, were were alleging. And so I was going to go over uh, some of the evidence um, that uh, I presented during my presentation at, at Laughlin at the International UFO Congress concerning that meeting. Um, and I, I'm, I'm very happy to share that with you and your audience, uh, if you'd like.
0: Absolutely. We can't wait to hear it.
1: Well, uh, one of the most important developments has been the emergence of a, um, a, a former U.S. Air Force medic who served at, at the time at George Air Force Base, which is in the vicinity of Palm Springs, California, which is where Eisenhower was allegedly having his um, uh, holiday uh, around that period of February 20, 1954. And what this uh, medic was able to confirm was that his medical unit was requested to provide standby ambulance uh, service for uh, President Eisenhower's plane that landed at nearby Norton Air Force Base. That was Air Force One and that uh, Eisenhower's plane was accompanied by a second plane, which carried the press and so forth, Um, and that what happened was that uh, as soon as Eisenhower's plane landed, that he then immediately got out and was taken to a smaller craft, a smaller airplane called a a C-45 Beechcraft, and that took off for the vicinity, in the vicinity of... Of Palmdale, which is uh, where Edwards Air Force Base is located so um, so that was very powerful confirmation that yes indeed um, um, Eisenhower did do something uh, that evening that, that was official in nature and was not in any way connected to the alleged emergency dental treatment that uh, was the official story for why, uh, why Eisenhower was absent and why the press corps couldn't find him on the evening and of um, February 20. We also have been able to confirm, um, and, and documents are available, that uh, Edwards Air Force Base was closed for three days over that period of February 20, 21st and that uh, the, the pyramid uh, alert system that the U.S. Air Force had in place at the time was used to basically inform base personnel that the, the base was closed, that no one could get in or out for security pe- uh, uh, processes. And this is very highly unusual. It's very rare that an Air Force base will close for any period of time. Um, and, but nevertheless, uh, it, Norton, uh, sorry, uh, Edwards Air Force Base was closed for those three days. Um, In in addition, um, I've been able to get the testimonies of of two widows of people who had... uh First-hand experience concerning Eisenhower having uh, either met with extraterrestrials, taken to a, a secure facility uh, involving a fly, uh, in, that housed flying saucers, um, and that even agreements were involved. Uh, one of the one of the widows um, basically divulged what her husband had told her uh, that uh, he was a um, an, an ex uh, military policeman for the Air Force, and that he was on hangar duty on the evening of February 20, 1954, and uh, his job was to basically make sure that no one entered into this hangar, which he was aware housed a flying saucer. And he says, on that evening, President Eisenhower was actually whisked to that hangar, taken to the hangar, and, and taken inside, and his job was to basically make sure no one went in, and and, and of course he was authorized to use deadly force to um, maintain the, um, the the security of that hangar. So that, that again is powerful testimony that Eisenhower was taken out to Edwards. Uh, we also have the testimony of another widow concerning um, her husband who worked uh, as a um, security tester uh, his, his role was to basically check security at, at all secure facilities and departments in the in the Pentagon and so he would his job was actually to break into various Pentagon facilities to test uh, the security uh, procedures and and how good they were and so he was he broke into one secure facility and he says while he was in there he was going through the various um, documents that were available and he saw a picture of President Eisenhower with an extraterrestrial huh. um, and that's right yes he was with an et and he also saw an agreement that had been signed in other words he saw a, a copy of a treaty um this 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 was very exciting testimony because uh this this person um uh was someone who did have access in the normal course of his duties now unfortunately um he is uh anonymous um i haven't had Sorry, I don't have permission to release his name even though I know his name I don't have permission to release his name um, simply because he was warned uh, prior to his um, death under um, he he died uh, recently Thank you for listening To
2: unlock the full two hour interview including video formats, downloads, transcripts exclusive articles and more subscribe to Veritas Plus now